theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. about what the Lord is going to do and I want to jump right into the word of the Lord I do want to say thank you for the kind words and your expressions uh, of appreciation they mean a great deal to me and I won't reiterate everything that Sarah said she said it perfectly praise God so let's look at the book of Joshua chapter 6 I will say I appreciate Joyce I know she must love me that took uh, that is probably her least favorite thing to do so I know how much she loves me praise God I'm convinced she normally gives me a really hard time about everything no I'm just kidding no I'm just kidding but I know she loves me so that means a great deal Joshua 6 and 1 appreciate and love each of you all what God is doing I believe we're in a unique season um, and so I appreciate everybody coming out I know many of you all are watching online um, and what God is doing um, here in this region is not about a man uh, as a matter of fact, um, it's really about what God, I, I believe and God has confirmed this, uh, that this region is a hub. This region is a hub. Uh, Toronto is one of the fastest growing cities in the world. Um, and we can affect the world. We are affecting the world. And if you know or don't know our history, I'm not here to necessarily unpack all of that. But the, uh, what are you trying to tell me, baby, so I can, okay, I was just, I was going to say, tell me, my bad, I don't do the, I was preaching at Faith this, uh, this morning, and I felt like somebody was looking at me, telling me to wrap it up, she was like, no, 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 I was telling you it was good, keep going, I was like, oh, my bad, praise God, it's so tough to read between the masks, so since I'm at home, I was like, just, just say it, baby, what is it, just say it, I was like, I got something in my nose, what is it, praise God, I didn't know, uh, but I feel like what God is doing in this region uh, it's bigger than a man and we are affecting the world if you look at uh, statisticians like George Barner when it comes to Christianity they will tell you that um, a church that will will eventually die grows at about 1% 1% a church that grows at 3% will maintain and a church that grows from 5 to 7% is a fast-growing church and if they keep that up will ultimately become a mega church uh, we just to give you some perspective it's not about a mega church because I believe we're going to have 36 extraordinary churches in the greater Toronto Hamilton area but I believe what God is doing in three and a half years we've gone from about 20 25 people 19 to be exact to we have now over 200 that consider extraordinary church home god is building his church as he said he would and we should rejoice and give god praise the call has gone out and people are responding to the call and god wants to use you if i could ever say it 
God wants to use you in such a way that is more profound than you anticipate. And so today, I ask that you open up your heart in faith and reach out because I really do believe God is going to speak to you clearly and challenge you. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. The next three weeks, I'm going to be preaching a series called Dream Big. It's going to be Dream Big. And uh, today I'm going to be casting vision for some things. And we're going to conclude on the fourth week with a guest speaker, a good friend of mine, who I believe God has spoken to me to have in Sean Stickler. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do. You'll hear more about that in a moment. But let's look at Joshua 6 and 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. Now I need you to understand that context right now. Jericho is trying to prevent Israel from taking over. So they necessarily like, we're not showing up for the battle. You know, it's kind of like, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Okay? And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed, and march around the city. And let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. And I want to preach this thought in this dream big series. Simple, but advance. Advance. Would you help me pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing the gift of faith. And I'm praying that you help me to preach and to teach your word, God, with relevancy and with accuracy, God. I'm declaring a supernatural anointing to be upon everybody under the sound of my voice. I'm praying, God, that you will help us that you will get people up out of the place of paralysis so they get up and go and pursue what you have for them, the promise that you have. Help me to preach this thing, God, till somebody goes and gets their miracle. Help me to preach this thing till somebody goes and gets their promise. Help me to preach this thing so somebody will get up out from where they are and go take what you have given them and promise them, God. I'm believing that. I'm declaring that. Set this place ablaze for your glory and we'll give you the thanks in Jesus name. Would you clap your hands and give him praise? God, you may be seated if you'll help me preach in Jesus' name. Praise God. The text today is found in the book of Joshua, and Joshua is a book of conquest. I said this to our leadership lab a few months back, and I was wondering when the Lord would release me to preach this message, and I feel like the time is now. If I'm being brutally transparent, 
I thought it would be in a different tone, a different setting, in a different context, but God has released me to do so now, and I'm doing so full of faith and more confident than ever that I am in his will. But prior to the writing of this book, for 40 years, you know the story, even if you didn't grow up in church or don't have that much familiarity with Christianity, you understand that when God called the people of, uh, by his name, when he called them out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered in a circular pattern, wandering around the same ter ter territory and in the same land. And here's the reality of it. While they were doing that, that they weren't very far from their promise. I need somebody to hear me already. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're closer to your promise than you think you are. Praise God. But how many recognize that it doesn't matter how far away you are from the promised land, the wilderness and the promised land are two very different things. They're two very different kinds of places. You can be really close to your promised land, but if you're not in your promised land, then you've got to make up in your mind that the wilderness is not the destination and that you are going to just pass through this wilderness. You've got to go where God is calling. You've got to get to where God is destined you to be. Israel had to get to where God had them. Can I tell you, God has prepared a promised land for you and I, and God always gives his people a place and a purpose. The text this afternoon is right dead smack in the middle of Joshua. And not only is it a book of conquest, but it's a book of transition. It's a book of transition because change is in the atmosphere. Changes in the atmosphere. It's happening amongst the people, Pastor Barry. And these changes are necessary for the people of God to be able to fulfill what God has for them. I know oftentimes people claim they don't like change, but change is necessary for you and I to grow and become who God has called us to be. Changes are necessary, and change is necessary, and we see it revealed in the scriptures that I read to you because when I read the story of Joshua, I feel like his story and the people of God in that context, it's kind of like where we are right now as a family, and not just EC, but even the body of Christ as a whole. The decisions that they have to make are the decisions that we have to make. And so I read this, and when I read it and studied it, I felt like, you know what, I see a lot of EC, and I see a lot of the kingdom of God facing the same decisions. The first change that we see that's happening in the book of Joshua after 40 years of wilderness wandering is there is a change in leadership. Leadership is shifting in the book of Joshua. For years, Moses had been the leader of Israel. He was the CEO. He climbed up and ascended to the mountain of Sinai with God, and he received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. He had such a unique and extraordinary relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has seen his hind parts, if you will. And the book of Corinthians tells us, the writer Paul tells us that the interactions that Moses had with God impacted him so much so that his face literally shone or shined like the sun. People saw the radiance of the glory of God because of the intimate connection that Moses had with the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, especially if you're a leader, people are going to murmur. <laughs> people are going to complain. 
You can't make everybody happy. Let me just give you a side note. As a leader, you know what? That's typically what leading is. Not that you're out to create people to be disgruntled, but not everybody is going to agree with how to get there, when to get there, and what God is going to do. These people were complaining, and literally, they were not only complaining against the man of God, but they were complaining and murmuring against God himself. And they literally exempted an entire generation from entering the promised land and walked around in the wilderness. And now Moses is dead. He has died. He looked over into the land, but he didn't have the opportunity, Raul, to go into the land. And Moses' absence creates a space and a place for God to raise up new leaders. Moses was a phenomenal negotiator. He had remarkable capacity. He was a miraculous negotiator. He was in an organizational and administrative leader. You remember when the conversation he had with his father-in-law Jethro, a father-in-law Jethro, he set up people to have, hey, you know what? Tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands, and he set them up. That means that Moses had the capacity for millions so he is a phenomenal leader. But Joshua is the leader of conquest. I'm here to encourage you today. I feel like I'm preaching to a Joshua generation. He, Joshua, is a warrior. Joshua, you, you have to understand, Joshua, he took this up after 40 years. Can you imagine 40 years of being in a holding pattern? 40 years of wandering in the same place. We live in a world where things happen instantaneously. You can make a whole lot of money if you can figure out ways to save people time and save people money. You know what? We love anything to quicken the process, anything to abbreviate things. But can I do, and I, I'm all for saving time, saving money, saving resources, saving brain power. I'm all for all of that. But can I tell you, God is not interested in your hurry. God is not interested in your shortcuts. You and I can create and invent, I'm talking about people, all the things that we want. But can I tell you, God is not interested in shortcuts. God is not interested in microwave simplicity. He's not always in our hurry. As a matter of fact, sometimes God is in the process of trying to get us to take up waiting. He's doing something in us. And through us to prepare us for a moment when he opens up the door. See, that's why you can't get in a hurry today, EC. Because when you get in a hurry, sometimes you'll forfeit the preparation. The preparation is the process. Don't get frustrated. Don't get discouraged. Don't throw in the towel because God has not forgotten about you. God is deepening your roots so that you can be settled and that you can be firmly planted so that you can handle what God wants to bring your way. If God didn't let you walk through the process of preparation, you wouldn't be prepared for what he has for you in the next so don't get frustrated and don't get discouraged but know that God let me just put it to you this way God is more interested in your character than he is your ministry because your character is a reflection of what you have the capabilities to have or you have the capacity for your character some people have ministries that can get them in the door but their capacity or their character can't keep them there you need to know character is important 
and you learn and your character is developed and hewn out of the waiting. It's in the furnace of affliction. It's not in the microwave. I don't know about you, but you can either cook, even something as simple as cooking a grilled cheese. Now, you can take the grilled cheese and you can take two pieces of cheese and you can get some Monterey Jack and you can get some, I love Gouda, and you can get some provolone. You can go out and get all the best cheeses and put them on the bread and y'all ready for a grilled cheese and a little tomato soup? Praise God. How about we do a grilled cheese and tomato soup around a bonfire? Thank you, Jesus. The leaves are right here. Praise the Lord. We'll have a good time. But, you know, I could take that sandwich and I know this is going to grieve Fred's spirit, but I could take that, that, that sandwich and put it in the microwave. Put it in there for 30, 45 seconds. So the cheese would be melted. And the bread would be hot. But it'd be, it'd be like rubbery. Just pulling on it like, like taffy almost. And if you, let, if, you, if, you, if you put too much, see the microwave, but if you take your time and you put a little bit of butter on each side. And don't, don't turn the oven, don't turn the stove up. I said oven. Don't turn the stove up to six or seven, praise God. Put it on two or three. You got to let it simmer. See, you, you have to simmer. You got to get in the crock pot of what God is trying to do in your life. And Joshua is in the crock pot. But he's ready for conquest. And this is what I feel like God is positioning us for. We have been, I'm talking about we, the people of God, not only in this region, but I feel like in the kingdom, we have been in a crock pot of a process. And I want you to know, I believe God is readying his people for conquest. Let me tell you why. Because there is a passing of an older generation that's happening. See, the Bible shows us that this leadership shift is happening. We're moving from Moses to Joshua. And as I begin to read this text and just chew on it a little bit, I don't know if you see this. You might not necessarily be as connected to the church world, so it depends on how closely connected you are. But I'm watching the passing of an older generation. People that we consider to be apostles, if you will, modern day apostles, people who are heroes of the faith, who have served the Lord faithfully and put their trust and confidence in him. I'm watching them go on to glory. I'm watching people like Eli Hernandez and Norman Pasley. I know these names may not mean anything to you, but Steve Willoughby and a sister Ewing, these people are going on with the Lord. There's transition happening. We've seen other people retiring from their pastoral posts and transitioning leadership. It's so palpable. It's so evident. It's palpable in the atmosphere. We see leaders who are passing on and they are transitioning from this world to the next. What happens to the church when the people of God, what happens to the people of God when leaders leave and go on to glory and there's a vacancy behind? What we have to understand is there is a new opportunity for new leaders to emerge. And why would God raise up new leaders, you ask? I'll tell you why. Because new land requires new leaders. I thought I'd get a better response. That's okay. I'm not, 
I'm just going to tell myself that was good preaching, Nikhil. Praise God. New leaders require, new, or new land requires new leaders. When God gets ready to give us a new land that we've never had before, he often raises up new leaders and new voices and new paradigms of ministries. I'm not talking about changing the message, but I am talking about methodologies change. And we often look at a generation previous to us, and I want to tell you right now, the new generation can't look like the previous generation for there's new land for us to conquer and if we look like and do what the previous generation did then we won't be able to take what God has for us because the old processes won't get us into the new I, I, I feel it right now there there's some of you right now I can see are dripping in destiny as a matter of fact, I've been talking with my wife. I feel like there are several world changers right here in our midst under the sound of my voice. I was, I was writing this thing. I thought to myself, wow, I didn't. That's like it came up out of nowhere. No, 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 no. It didn't come up out of nowhere. God had you in the crock pot. See, when God takes the people of God into the new territory, he'll raise up voices who are stewards of what he's doing. And this is what's happening. God is raising up new leaders in the land. I, I, I want to just kind of tell you a couple of things here really quickly. In all of this, especially for those that are connected, and you see apostolic heroes of the faith going on to the glory uh, for the Lord, you don't have to panic. <laughs> you don't have to panic at all. As a matter of fact, we can understand that God knows exactly what he is doing because if he needed, and I'm not dismissing any of them, but if he needed those leaders to be the ones to lead us into the promised land, then they'd be here doing that. What I want you to understand is God is using you. My question is, what if you're one of those leaders? What if you're one of those leaders that God is raising up right before our very eyes? I just feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like there needs to be a shift. We talked about 2020 being the year of the shift, but you need to understand. You need to get your thinking into alignment, not where you're haughty and you're, you're arrogant and you're presumptuous and you're obtuse thinking you're anything because none of us are God's gift to the world. If it weren't for the mercy of God and the grace of God, but you do need to realize in the sovereignty of God, if he wanted to use Peter, David, Moses, Abraham, Mary, I could go down the list, Ruth, they would be here, but God in his sovereignty and in his wisdom chose to use Deborah Lee, chose to use Isabella, chose to use JP, chose to use Elvis, chose to use Lincoln. God knows what he's doing. Somebody say he knows what he's doing. Come on, say it till you know it. God knows what he's doing. God knows he doesn't make mistakes. He isn't getting this thing wrong. He is raising you up to change the world. Oh my God, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I'm going to lean on this just a little bit more and push. Get over yourself. Stop thinking so negative about yourself and get into alignment with what he says about you. Jesus, help us, Lord. This is paralyzing some of you. It is not the will of God that you live a defeated, overcome, beat up existence. 
You have resigned to some notion that you can live a Christian life and not impact the world. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. You have been designed and wired and predestined to turn your world upside down. We have come to conquer. We have come to take over. We have come to declare the kingdom of God is here. Praise God. I can't help it. Somebody was like, you scream too much. I can't help it. I'm crying. I'm crying out. I told you I'm a town crier. I'm going to declare the kingdom of God is here. I'm going to declare the kingdom of God is here. I'm going to declare the kingdom of God is here. I can't help it. <laughs> I don't have time to go into this, but I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about all the people that are alive. God will never leave his people without a voice and a leader. Because the spirit of God is always working to move the people of God into their purpose and to greater places for his glory. See, so I want you to catch this in the text. Leadership is shifting. Not only is leadership shifting in the text that I just read, but the way they operate and the way that they function is shifting too. Watch. See, for 40 years, Israel had been eating one meal a day, one kind of food, every single day. For 40 years. Driving you crazy, Fred, I know. Praise God. They walked out of their tent, and manna had fallen from heaven. Now, all of a sudden, after 40 years of living, living on heaven-sent manna, the Bible says in the fifth chapter of Joshua, you can read it right there in the beginning, that they wake up one morning, and instead of eating the manna, they eat the food from the land. When the, the moment when they ate their first meal from the land, you know what the Bible says? That the manna stopped falling. So what's happening in this shift? We are shifting. Oh, you need to hear me. We are shifting from miracles to methods. I'm going to explain here in just a moment. For 40 years, they lived on a miracle, knowing God is getting ready to teach them methods. This is where I think we as the body of Christ are missing the opportunity to take culture and influence politics, to influence academia, to influence the arts, to influence culture. But we've got such a mindset that it's like, oh my God, culture is trying to take us out. No, we are here to re-engineer a kingdom culture. We are here not to live on miracles but to implement a system of methodologies that are going to declare the kingdom of God is here. I'm thankful for miracles. I give God praise. I believe we witnessed miracles last week right before our very eyes. And if you were here last week, you ought to give God praise. I mean, I worship God and I give him thanks for the miracles. We had somebody receive the spirit last week, baptized in Jesus' name. God is doing miracles. He healed bodies. I give him praise for the miracles. I'm thankful for the miracles. But I want you to know we are also on supernatural soil. This is important. Some of you all may not know this as you're kind of coming in. But early on as the Lord brought us here, maybe 
three years ago, the Lord spoke very clearly to me, Pastor Barry, and he said, you are on supernatural soil. Now, I thought to myself, Lord, what does that mean? And before I got clarification on that, I had three different people, three different instances, none of whom I had talked to and shared this with, text me and say, you are on, the Lord is telling me to tell you, you are on supernatural soil. Two of them tell me I need to meet Alan Shaw. I never heard of the name Alan Shaw, did not know who he was. I'm not going to unpack all of that. But they all told me we're on supernatural soil. I believe that. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God wants to give you and I methods to till and to cultivate the supernatural soil so that we can live off the land. This is going to take a mind shift, a mindset shift for some folks. God is going to give you the tools to cultivate the soil. See, see, now, it's easy. It's easy to run, hoop, holler when we talk about miracles. I appreciate that. But this kind of preaching requires seed. <laughs> see, you, you, you won't... Uh, what God wants to give us and what he wants to take us into will sustain. Oh, my God. Y'all need to hear me. Oh, Jesus. It will sustain us. See, God wants to get you. There is a shift. I'm telling you, God has given us this region. Now, I, I, I've come to take this territory. But what I need you to understand is there are some of us who we have this poverty-stricken mentality. I'm not here to preach a prosperity gospel, but what I am here to tell you is that, you know what? It is not the will of God that your spirit be broke, busted, and disgusted. Some of you all are confused, too. Some of you all think I'm talking about driving the latest BMW or whatever the car is. I could care less about a car. Let it have four wheels and be reliable, and I'll be happy. Praise God. And if it ain't got four, I'll take two. As long as I can pedal and get to where I need to go, I'll get there. Now, it might be a little bit more difficult in the winter, praise God. And if I have to, yeah, I, I'll, I'm teasing. No, no, no. Oh, Sarah said give her a horse, praise God. She'd be right at home. That thing, would, that thing would rather ride a horse than get in the car. I'm telling you all right now, praise God. She loves her some horses. But you have to understand God is trying to implement systems and processes in the spirit for us to take over. You have this poverty-stricken mentality that I'm talking about. Is Some of you all don't even think you are of enough value to receive what God is trying to give you. Jesus, I got to help me, Lord. Let me hit this timer so I make sure I don't do what I said I wasn't going to do. But here's what I want you to know. You, you have to understand. See, this poverty-stricken mentality, I'm trying to, by faith to get this thing up off of you because it is the will of God. It is his design. He has given you dominion. I said this before, but Jesus didn't come just to give you a get-out-of-hell-free card. He came to restore order, restore dominion. You have authority in every realm. That's what he gave Adam in the sea, on the land, and in the air. Every realm, you have authority and dominion. It's time for you to walk in your authority. It is the will of God. Hear, hear me. I'm going to say something that's going to mess you up, and it ain't about your personal assets. But it's the will of God that you go from being a renter to owning apartment buildings in this city. 
Why? So that we can offer housing and we can provide resources that can change people's lives. It's the will of God that we have schools. It's the will of God that we have hospitals. It's the will of God that we have retirement centers. Why? Because he has given us this city. If you believe it, give him praise. See, you, you got to start receiving a method that will help you cultivate the land that God has given us. So they come out, they come out of their, their tents, and man is there. And then they decide to eat of the land. And when they eat of the land, Pastor Mateo, they're like, whew, man, this land, it produces. It's fertile. Praise God. It's more than enough. See, let me just say this. God is putting us in position to cultivate the land and to understand the power of stewarding the land so that it produces so that we can efficiently live for the glory of God. He would not take you and I to a land called the promised land if it couldn't sustain us. Whew. God is maturing the body of Christ so that we don't have to have a miracle after miracle. God is growing us up. God wants to make you a steward and not a slave. A steward not asking Canada or the world for resources because the world and Canada did not call you. So they cannot uncall you. But God is telling you, I have placed a call on your life and he's trying to get us to understand that we have the authority, we have dominion in the spirit and for his kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. I feel like God wants to help us transition. See, we, we're coming into alignment. And the only way that we're going to be able to advance and dream big, oh, I just need you for a moment. I need you for a moment to just close your eyes for a moment. and just I, I need you to see this by faith. I just feel this. I don't know if I'm going to even finish this message, but I want you to imagine with me. I mean, I really want you to see it. I want, okay, hold on, hold on. Just look at me real quick. Look, look at me real quick. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word or the country Afghanistan? You don't have to say it, but just think about it. Just, just, what you got, you have that image. You have that image, okay? Now, you understand that there are principalities, there are rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places, in a particular region. We understand that. When you think, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm not saying that anybody's wrong for any other uh, conclusion, but the first thing that came to my mind is the religion of Islam. I'm going to ask you now, just close your eyes. Why? Why can't Canada be a nation that loves Jesus Christ? When you see it, do you see Canada being a nation with great joy? Do you see <laughs> the homes? Oh, my God. 
Do you see the communities of people loving one another and serving one another and encouraging one another? Do you see the great joy abounding in the streets? Do you see people being healed and delivered and restored? Do you see broken marriages coming back together? Do you see fragmented families becoming whole again? I'm telling you, it is the will of God to have his kingdom advance in this region. You've got to see it in the spirit. You've got to begin to exercise your faith and begin to advance. No longer sit back and relax. It is not the will of God. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not telling you that you have to have a different posture, but I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to preach you up out of your seat and I'm trying to get you to understand that God is calling you to march. Marching orders. March is not a month. March is an activity that God is trying to put into your spirit so that you can take what he has for him. Come on and give him glory. Somebody get up out of your seat and give God praise. We've come to take over. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Come on, I need you to worship him for just a moment. Come on. God has given us a place. Come on. God has given us a place. This is not for black. This is not for white, brown. This is for everybody. This is for the kingdom. I'm telling you, this is not for the rich. This is not for the poor or the educated or uneducated. This is for the kingdom. I'm declaring the kingdom of God is here. This is not a man-made thing. This is a kingdom thing. And God is telling us, now is the time to advance. Now is the time for us to take over. Now is the time for us to walk in authority. Do you see it? This is what God told Joshua. See! You ever been talking with somebody and maybe they accused you of something you didn't do and you go and see? This is what the Lord is trying to do. See? I have given you. Oh my God. See? I've given you Scarborough. See, I've given you Mississauga. See, I've given you Brampton. See, I've given you Hamilton. See, I've given you Barry. See, I've given you Bradford. See, I've given you Etobicoke. See, I've given you Toronto. See, I've given it, oh my God. See, I've given you Markham. I've given you York. I've given it to you. I'm declaring that we have come to occupy. Did he not say occupy till he comes? That tells me two things. One, he's coming and he's coming soon. And two, I'm going to take everything and occupy until he does. Oh, be seated. See, let me just ask you this. I'm going to circle this. I'm going to put this in my journal right here. What if God was giving you and I land as the people of God to steward a place in the spirit, in the kingdom? Think about that. So they, they move. And here's what I love in the text. And I'm sorry I get so excited. I told myself today I'm going to, 
teach this. I said, Akil, you're going to teach today. You're going, you're going to teach today. But I already preached once, and I'm still, I feel like I could do this two or three more times. Praise God. But that's neither here nor there. Look at what uh, the Lord tells them. He says, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king <laughs> and the mighty men of valor. The strength of its establishment, its political and military power, I've given it to you. Now watch this. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. Now, this is, this is why you got to see this. And this is what I love about Joshua. Joshua doesn't refute any of this. When the Lord tells him, you, you men of war, who was he talking to? This group of misfits that just came out of Egypt who don't have a home? I mean, I thought he would be talking to people, I mean, like, like Raul. Somebody know to do something with some weaponry. Somebody that'll break you down. You'd be like, ah, okay, okay, Frank Scott. But he's talking to people like me. Can't sling a stick. <laughs> Can't shoot a bow and arrow. I shot a gun once and I was like, man, praise. He's giving it to people like that who pick up and go. What am I trying to tell you? You are stronger and mightier than you understand. And the moment you get in alignment with what God has for you, you're going to begin to walk in authority and realize that God has given you this land. There is no more nomadic wandering. I'm calling you out of wandering and I'm calling you to shepherd. I'm calling you to shepherd the purpose and plan for God in your life. I'm calling you to shepherd your community. I'm calling you to shepherd your job. Do you realize God raised that employer up to bless you and to bless his kingdom? Steward that environment well. Do it for the glory of God. That is your promised land. No more wandering around aimlessly. See, God is about to break that mentality off of us. Of slavery. This is what he did for the children of Israel. You have to understand. See, he had pulled them out of slavery, but some of them still had that slavery in them. They were physically free. Could go anywhere they want. He told them, see, like whenever you want to go take it, go take it. But instead, this slavery mentality. But God is taking us out of that into an occupation mentality. Occupying. We're going to see his kingdom come, his will be done. I refuse to miss this appointment. I refuse to allow religion or any opposition to cut me out of the inheritance that God has for me. God has provided a place. And what I want you to know is, are you willing to make the change? Can you make the change? I'm in the Holy Ghost and I'm challenging some of you. Can you make the change from being a wanderer all your life? To now occupying. That is the question. Because what God will do, if you will, he will narrow your focus. And you will realize that the territory is before you. And it is yours for the taking. And let me just say this. I hate to make everything spiritual, but it is. The spirit realm is holding up everything that we see. The reality is this. If we don't take... This territory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Demons will. 
If you don't take this territory for the Lord Jesus Christ, which is will? But the devil is a liar. He cannot have the greater Toronto Hamilton area. God is raising up an army of people who are going to declare the victory and the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name high. He is our victor. He has canceled every debt of sin. He is here to heal, deliver. I've got good news. Jesus Christ is alive and well. And we have come to lift up his banner and tell them hope is here. Hope, come meet, my God. Hopelessness, come meet hope. Despair, come meet life. Oh, my God. Hate, come meet love. I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is here. My God. Mia, come up here and play. Now, I need you to don't, don't be faking no funk with me either. Praise God. Here's what I need you to do. See, we complain about, my God. I feel like I'm running, girl. Jesus been a couple weeks people been visiting i've been running how to get back out there normally i send Stephen or Stephen will send me something to inspire me oh three miles 24 minutes i'm like the devil is a liar i'm gonna do like this but i ain't get up and do nothing i was just looking at that i was like good job buddy <laughs> i've been eating my mama's food praise god i'm gonna get back out there tomorrow thank you jesus no, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. <laughs> praise God. Y'all got me. I'm cutting up. Oh, praise God. Here's what we do. I was like, what was I saying? Lincoln was teasing me. He was like, uh, you, you can't help it. He said, you're going to say something about running every time you speak. I was like, you're right. I was like, you're right. I got to work on that. And I was like, I wasn't going to do it today. But I'm, on Wednesday, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about running. Let me just get it out of my system now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Whew. Here's what we do. So, I forgot again. Let me look at my notes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we complain. Thank you, Lord. We complain. Like, oh, it's so dark. It's so this. And can I just tell you, it's real simple. It's, first of all, yes, it's a dark day. I get that. I understand that. Uh, but can I just tell you what the Bible says? We're sin abound. <laughs> Grace does much more abound. So instead of complaining about how dark it is, can I just tell you, what do you do in a dark place? Turn on the light. It's that simple. Turn on the light. You are the church. You are the light. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Turn on the light. Let his light shine. Oh, my God. If someone just open their mouth and declare the kingdom is here on your job, in your university, at your campus, the light of God would shine. Stop complaining about how dark it is and turn on the light. Praise God. You're supposed to be playing. Something. I told you, don't be faking no funk. Praise God. Praise God. I don't, I don't need nothing slow. Praise God. I, you, you, let's rumble with me. Let's do this thing in the name of Jesus. But can I tell you, we are here to change culture. Praise God. I'm done waking up every morning in the middle and saying, you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. When I wake up, I am the devil's worst nightmare. Every, did he not tell Joshua? Everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. I'm here to declare that promise we are literally here taking territory for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
this city, this region belongs to him. And there is an advance in the spirit of extraordinary church that's going to leave the way and take territory for the king. If you believe that, give him praise. God is raising up a people. And I'm preaching to a people, a Joshua generation, who will burn for the Lord. You're not getting colder, you're getting hotter. You're not running away, you're running to it. You're not down discouraged, you're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. My God, go ahead and advance with your praise. I haven't gotten there yet, but that's how you advance anyway. That's how you win anyway. It's not with a sword. It's not with a chariot, but it's with a praise. It's with a praise unto your king that says you are victorious. Jesus, God is raising up a people. Oh my God, raising up a people, raising up a people, you feel it don't you, you feel like your life is meant for more don't you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Are you hearing me? You need to get up. Some of you need to change your posture right now. The Lord is trying to stir us. Come on. You need to get up. There's, there's something about just even your posture. Your posture needs to be different right now. You need to come with a different posture. You can't take, my God, you cannot take the land like this. But honey, you better take the land like I'm coming to get what's mine. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and advance. I'm going to advance to the disappointment. I'm going to advance from the heartache. I'm going to advance from the oppression. I'm going to advance from the poverty. And I'm going to get what he has for me. Oh my God. People wonder why. But I feel it. I feel it. Some of you all, you know, the Lord helped me understand this. And I feel this for some of you all. Sophia, I feel this for you. This is why, even right now, I just can't explain it. But the Lord's helped me put a little bit more language on it. That's why I've always had an affinity for you in this sense. I felt like there were times, Sarah, where I couldn't explain it. But, and I'm not saying this arrogantly. Please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But I'd be at venues 
I'd be at conferences, general conference. I don't think, and I, youth conference, 30, 40,000 people. And I think to myself, not, I, I just have the thought, but it wasn't born of me. I just felt like I'm going to be there one day. I want to be there one day. And I, I couldn't put language on that, but I felt like there was a greater destiny that was on my life that God would call me to. And he, he, he did that. For some of you all, you can feel and sense there's, there's something greater that you know it's, it's not born of you. This is not self-aggrandizing. This is not about puffing myself up. I'm hurrying up. I'm going to be done. This is not puffing myself up. But this is more about what the kingdom of God is ready to do in your life. That's on you, baby. That's on you. That's on you. You're a world changer. I don't say that lightly. As a matter of fact, I'm going to prophesy to you when I was preparing this message. You were on my heart and mind. I'm here to tell you right now, God is raising you up a strategic leader, a leader who is willing to shift into new norms and with new methods, a leader who is willing to take conquest and to move and advance, a leader who is not bound by the things that have happened in their past, but a leader who is willing to move forward in faith and watch God do extraordinary things. I'm telling you by faith, Pastor Mateo, lay hands on her head and pray for her in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're a world changer. There's other world changers here as well. God is fixing to do it. You all are here to advance the kingdom for such a time as this. And your posture is not going to be one where you're sitting back. But right now, praise God, I feel it in the atmosphere. Something has to break. My God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Woo. This is why this is so important. Woo, Jesus. We in the last days, we in the last days, and it says in the last days, people will have itching ears. You know what that is, Rochelle, you know what that is, but people are drifting away from sound doctrine. They're drifting away from biblical truths and principles. They're drifting away because they're being caught up in every wind of doctrine and stuff that ain't in the book. Stuff that ain't in the book, okay? They're doing that and here, but you know what? I know that stuff is happening, but there is a remnant of people. There is a remnant of people who are not running away from truth. They are running to it. As a matter of fact, they are clinging to it. They are buying the truth and selling it not. There are people who are not running away from Jesus, but are running to him. Saying, draw me nearer, blessed Lord, to thy bleeding side. There are people who are saying, keep me nearer at the cross. There are people who are saying, give me Jesus and you can have this world. I'm prophesying to you that we are raising up. I feel it. My God, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this and then I'm done. I am. But I feel this so strongly in the Holy Ghost. So Sarah, I want you to come up here. I feel this in Jesus' name. Pastor Mateo, this is why I'm so freakishly passionate about our young people and young adults. God is raising up a generation of young people and young adults here at Extraordinary Church that are absolutely going to turn their world upside down. 
not patty cake for Jesus, not I'm cute Christianity, but I'm talking about seeing the power of God move on their campuses, on their jobs, teaching Bible studies, seeing lives change for the glory of God. This is what's happening. There's a shift. Ooh, there's a shift. There's a shift. I want to do two things. I want all, if you are, this is the generation, this is going to sound weird. If you're under the age of 40, let me do this first. God bless you all for watching online. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Come be with us in person if you can. You don't want to miss the next couple of weeks. It's going to be powerful for the Lord. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. Extraordinary Church. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.